Hi, it's Pete Price. And one of the most wonderful things at Christmas is Secret Santa. Now, have you ever stuck for a present? I've got the best Secret Santa you will ever have. In fact, I've gone goose pimply because I want to read it again. It's called By Your Side, My Life Loving Barbara Windsor by Scott Mitchell. And Scott has joined us now. Hello, Scott. Hello, Pete. Uh, lovely to be in touch with you and see you. I'm I'm chuffed. I'm really chuffed. I know you've been absolutely inundated with interviews uh, since the book came out. Um, you must be pleased. And Barbara, who was a friend of mine, must be. She's looking down, and she must be elated with the book. I I absolutely know that she would be. P. And and may I say, talking about you and her, whenever your name came up. She had nothing but joyous things to say about you, always. And I know that the fact that I'm here doing an interview with you would absolutely thrill her. But I, I really am so... I, I feel very proud of this book, Pete. Um, it's everything that I know she would have wanted me to have done, because she did tell me in the past that I would be asked to do a book one day when yeah, she's yeah. Um, And she said... The only thing I ask you is to be honest. And I feel that I've I've honoured that to her. And I have been very honest at times, maybe too honest. But, but you know, that's how she was as a person. And, and I owed it to her and myself to be the same way. I first met her in Panto at the Royal Court. She was with Vince Hill and mm. Bill Maynard and Billy Marshall and... I fell in love with her straight away and we just connected in her dressing room. I was just introduced to her and that was how I first met her, which yes. was a long, long time ago. How hard, uh, Scott, was it to get a title for this book? It actually was really difficult. I, I, I struggled with that for quite a while and, and we all did, you know, the publishers and myself and my ghostwriter, we sat down and we, we kept coming up with things didn't really want to do it on the theme of, let's say, carry on something or anything that career based wise. Um, and I wanted it to be more personal. And, and what I realized was one of the things I always used to say to her and we said to each other is, don't worry, I'll be by your side. We always used to say that to each other through our life. It's all right, love, I'll be by your side, whatever it was we might have been worried about. And it seemed a very natural way to go with with the title and it and it kind of it fit perfectly and and that's thank goodness you know that's how we were right to yeah. the end. Partner and wife for twenty seven years. Um, why why did you get married? What was because you were both fun people. Why marry? <laughs> I tell you why, Pete. Because after we'd been together about five years, we had a little time apart, and uh, I went off to America to sort my rather chaotic little head out and I thought that one of the problems I had was it was to do with Barbara's fame and all the publicity and being in the spotlight that was causing me to feel the way I was which wasn't very confident and, and a bit low uh, and I soon realized when I went and I went off to America and I left Barbara in a really heartbroken manner for both of us that it's all to do with it was all to do with me it was to do with the way i was and how i felt about myself and i knew i loved barbara the fact that i was walking away from her she couldn't understand and i couldn't understand and when i came back i thought you know what i'm not going to let this happen again and 
we did get married and I think that's the best thing we ever did because it, it made our it made us as a couple so much more solid and also the way other people viewed us and judged us which in the early days was quite harshly and very judgmental about us being together because of the age difference I find it incredibly sad that Scott because so many people do in this day and age uh, spend a relationship together with a, a huge age difference yeah. and it's it's not I mean she was probably younger than you you were more <laughs> you know adult and it, it's it's a bizarre thing and you're an incredibly good looking man and she was a beautiful looking woman so people how can we have a go? Let's have a go at the age, which is ridiculous. Yeah, well, listen, I, th I think we all know, Pete, what, whatever you do, there's always going to be someone with an opinion. Yeah. And, and, and it's very easy to sit outside of other people and judge them and say something. Um, I, th I guess that's always been part of history. You know, that's part of human nature for people to do that. But I guess at first it, it bothered me in a way. I, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to people commentating on my life because fame wasn't a part of my life. Not that I was famous, but obviously Barbara was. So suddenly I was getting this secondhand feedback on my life. Um, you know, nowadays... I really don't care. I, I don't care what anyone thinks or says. And people still make sweeping comments. I mean, I've got to be honest, when uh, a few months after Barbara passed and we had a, a business together and we were both directors. And of course, you have to let companies house know if someone has passed. And it obviously came over to me. And because that's made public knowledge for some reason, uh, a couple of the papers picked up on it. And I saw someone had commented I see the long game paid off. Oh, you... <laughs> this was three months after Barbara had passed. I was still really deeply grieving. And, but do you know something? It actually made me smile because I thought to myself, because at the time I'd already been approached about a book before she'd even passed, and I said no. And at the time I thought to myself, do you know what, Scott? It doesn't matter what you do. There is always going to be that one person out there who is going to make a comment like that. You know the truth. You have to do what you need to do. And and I look, Barbara and I knew how we felt about each other. And that was all that mattered to us. We shut the front door and it was just the pet, two little munchkins running around this house. If it wasn't working, it wouldn't have lasted 27 years. Well, you know, yeah, it's pretty evident, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it makes it's a wicked statement, but you know what? If you delve into those people that said that, oh, what screwed up lives they must have! Well, that's what that's what it shows yeah. the kind of yeah. dis the discontentment yeah. in their own lives, and and I don't dwell on those people, and I don't, yeah. I don't let them live yeah. with me. The biggest shock in the book, <laughs> you just <laughs> laugh at this. The biggest shock in the book was you living in Hove now. The reason for that, I, when you, I don't know how old you'd be, I was working in the Fuller's Tea Shop in Hove. That was my first job after Cajun College, and I'll never forget that as long as I live. I wanted to get out of that place so fast, and I went, he lived in Hove. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, fun enough, we moved down there when I was four. I was born in London. Yeah. But we moved down, we moved down to Sussex um, and Hove when I was four. And I stayed down there literally till I was 25 when I came up to drama school. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, listen, it was a wonderful place to grow up. Don't get me wrong. It really was. I think the thing about Brighton and Hove, 
it's a little bit like they're big villages. I think sometimes places like that, you know, everyone, you know, I grew up going through all the club days and everything. I used to come to London as well, obviously, yeah. um, when I was in my late teens, early 20s as well. But, you know, I was ready to leave. My family are still down in Sussex, so I still go down and visit them. I've got lots of friends still down in Brighton and Hove who I'm in contact with. And, uh, you know, it is a remarkable place. And I will say about Brighton and Hove, it became an incredibly popular um, okay. place over the past, let's say, 10, 15 years. It's, it, it, it's so kind of multicultural and people love it. A lot of people from London moved down there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a really sought after place now. But I think when you're talking about it most likely wasn't the most oh, not at all. It was where people went to die. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Lions tea shop and a Fuller's tea shop. I was running the Fuller's tea shop. They were paying more wages. They were going to sack me. I came home. I was, I shuddered when I saw the word hove. I had to put the book down and make a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's, let's be honest. You had come from Liverpool, which is a vibrant, <laughs> incredible, happening place. So, you know. Yeah. Scott, what made you want to be an actor? Have you ever had a proper job? <laughs> proper job, yeah, that's, that's a very good way of putting it. Well, bizarrely, when I first left school, I left school at 15, actually. I went into my family business. They were jewellers, and I thought I was going to be a jeweller, and I just didn't have the patience for it. It just didn't interest me at all. Um, but the only thing that I could really focus on was the fact that at school the only subject that I was ever interested in and I had a passion for was drama so it took me a bit of to in and fro in in my late teens and early 20s to decide what I wanted to do I was going backwards and forwards to America I had family out there so I'd go out there party for a little while have a good time and then when I you know was reaching about 23 I thought no look you, you need to really make a decision about what you want to do and I joined a local drama group with a lovely actor called Brian Hall, who used to be the chef in 40 Towers. Um, he's a lovely oh. guy and he was a family friend. And then I thought, no, actually, you know what? I really, I really love this and I enjoy it. It's the only thing that I really feel passionate about. So I enrolled for drama school and I got in. I went when I was 25 to drama school. I went to Arts Ed and did three years there on their drama course. Um, I came out of drama school. I, I just started to get going, really. You, you know, I was doing the odd TVs, like the Bill, programmes like that, children's TV, uh, Fringe Theatre. And I met then I met Barbara. And uh, it's like, you know, everything changed when I met Barbara. It, my whole life changed when I met her. And I think going back to the things I was talking about earlier, where I said, you know, I wasn't too confident and I was a bit chaotic in my own head i think i lost my confidence when it came to the acting side of things and and maybe the fact that i was with barbara now and suddenly there was this sudden spotlight put on me as the unknown actor boyfriend i think i put a lot of pressure on myself as well oh, yeah. but everything i did let's say at that three years at drama school held me in good stead because i went on to become a casting director for pantomimes i've been an agent for the past you know 20 odd years as well and manager for people so everything i learned there as an actor helped yeah. me in everything yeah. i do now today 
Yeah, I think that's important. It's like filming, and and if you're a director, you've got to have done it first. You've got to realise what makes it tick. So I think that's great. If you've just joined us, I'm talking to Scott Mitchell. There's a beautiful book, By Your Side, My Life-Loving Barbara Windsor. What a great, great Christmas present. Dame Barbara, was she 83? She was 83 when she passed, Pete. Yeah. 83. Was it hard to put this book together, as in what do I leave out and what do I put in? Well, it was very difficult. And the, the thing that was most difficult was I've kept diaries since I, since 1987. So a day-to-day diary, I still do it now. So I would write down where I've been, who I saw, how I was feeling. It was a real thoughts and feelings diary as well. So when I came to sit down uh, to, to go over this book, I actually had too much information and at the end of three months, sitting with my ghostwriter, she looked at me and she went, Scott, yeah. this is amazing, but I don't know where to start and what to leave out. Yeah. She said, you know, we have to condense this to 27 years. And I think, you know, she's done an amazing job. We 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 cover all the fun and magic of meeting, all the, you know, the difficulties we faced then, um, how it was for me kind of entering this world of of lots and lots of famous people that I was meeting that were never part of my own circle. So in a way, you're looking at it through the eyes of what I'd say a punter, really. I I didn't know about any of this. And and to me, it was just like amazing situation to be in, but also very intimidating, you know. Yeah. Scott, how did your family react to you meeting an older woman? Do you know something? Mum and Dad were absolutely fantastic. Well, it was actually their fault that we met. <laughs> Bizarrely, my mum and Barbara went to dancing school together when they were 11 years old. Oh, right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there wasn't really a lot they could say. And to cut a long story short, Barbara was doing pantomime in Brighton one year. Uh, mum and Dad had asked her over on her night off for dinner, asked me to join them, which at first I said I didn't want to because I was busy. Um, then I decided, yes, I would stay. And that was the, the, the best decision I ever made in my life. And um, I went to pick Barbara up. And, you know, from then on, over the next few months, we, we stayed in contact. We had a very natural rapport together from day one. We just we just started chatting away, Pete. It was like we'd known each other all our lives. And we were very similar as people. Scott, it was I, I've I've been in broadcasting for 50 years. I've interviewed people like you for so many years. I don't know, truthfully, hand on my heart, how to describe the feeling when Barbara walked into a room. I'm getting upset now because she had a magic that I can't put into words. Yeah, she she truly did, P. And I know exactly what you mean. You know, hearing you like that has sent shivers go down me because she did have a... a a quality and an aura about her that was so unique. And I don't think I've ever experienced it myself from anyone else. The effect that she had on other people was a really magical thing. And I mean, the majority of people, obviously you get the ones that would look the other way if she walked in a room, but as a whole, people would see her and they would smile and you would see this, almost nostalgic feeling come over people. You knew that Barbara reminded them of their own family, of their own childhood growing up, most likely seeing her films. 
and it was just a beautiful thing and she had the most wonderful rapport with with people she she truly truly appreciated their support and the love that they gave her because she knew without all of the people yeah. all, all the fans and all the public yeah. she wouldn't have continued in the career it was because they liked what she was doing and she always had time for people yeah one of the best times for me with her which uh, I, I think I was getting boring ringing her up and getting in contact with her, doing her interviews with her, and there must be an interview somewhere, was her album. I love that album of duets. Yes, I still put it on, you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, some, some really, really lovely songs on there, wonderful Joe Longthorns on there. There's, there's just some really, really yeah, beautiful numbers as well. And and it's, it's one of those things every now and then I'll, I'll put it on and if I'm feeling a little bit yeah. maudling and I want to be close to her, because I, I can hear Barbara so much in that album. I, re I really can, the, the real Barbara. And it takes me back to a, a time with her as well, obviously. Um, listen, Pete, it's two years since I've lost her. We're just coming up to two years. Um, it's not a day goes by that I don't think about her. I wake up in the morning and I think about her and I go to bed at night and I think about her, but I do know I have to keep living yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and moving forward, which is the other thing that she wanted for me. And she, and she said that wonderful thing which she used to say, and she said, listen, love, I'll go first. She said, <laughs> and when I go, she said, I want you to be broken hearted, cry your eyes out, really mourn me. She said, but then Scott, you've got to have the best life ever. She said, because that's what I did in my life. I made the most of it. And boy, Pete, as you know, did Barbara make the most oh, of it. Oh, did she party. <laughs> and, and we're not going to give a lot away because this book is just magical. It's a magical book. Great Christmas present. Three sets of photographs in it. I always look when I buy a book and I, I really beg there's photographs in. Three sets of photos. <sighs> the last set were very hard to look at. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but they, they, and they still are for me as well because it was that that last the the, the end of her life really. Um, once she entered the care home and you know photos from the funeral, etc. And you can see the change in her as as well, and especially someone like yourself, but you knew her for years and years, and you can see it wasn't our Barbara yeah. at, at the end. And for me, that was heartbreaking. The the only would you say consolation? I guess, yes, it was because millions of people didn't have it around the world. I was able to be with her the last five days at the care home, yeah. um, which I talk about in great detail. So I, I won't, you know, say too yeah. much about that. But, you know, once again, that that was time that I would never yeah. have got back or experienced. And that also will always make me feel so close to her. Um, but you know, she's a very big presence and void in my life oh. after 27 years. She, yeah. Look, I know to everyone else, she she was Babs and and you know this person on the telly. You, you, but you know, she was my best friend. Yeah, she truly was my soulmate, and I just miss seeing her so much, Pete. I I really do. And as you talk like that, I have just where she must be with us. I've got her, Scylla. And Paul O'Grady on that magnificent television appearance uh, at the Royal Command. They tore that place apart. What an incredible night. They just uh, got to have a gimmick, didn't they? 
yeah. it was the most incredible incredible and i i think whenever i see that you realize what a, a special performance that was you really do um and you know i have to say our friends including paul have been absolutely fantastic and 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 they were so good to her as well when she became ill you know Paul O'Grady was one of those people, along with others, that would make sure that he came in to see her every two to three weeks. He'd, he'd turn up on the back of a Virgin motorbike and uh, take his helmet off and come in and sit with her and he'd talk about the same things, yeah. knowing she'd most likely ask him the same things. And, you know, all of that will stay with me as well, Pete. Um, how what a, a really special select set of friends that we had and how supportive they've been to me as well since her passing yeah with the dementia and you've thrown yourself into helping uh, with dementia which you talk about at length which is brilliant but with the dementia was it gradual or was the one day you realized you'd lost her yeah the thing about losing them is it it seems that uh, in my experience with Barbara, it was like she, she came and went type of thing. You, you, you know, it, it, sometimes she would be really lucid. Other times she might look at me and look at me kind of quizzically and say, so how do we know each other? And of course, oh. you know, when you're when you're person that you know better than anyone in the world and you've shared all that history with looks at you nothing prepares you for that Pete. No. It, it really doesn't but in the early the early signs for me were she did have a couple of times just before she left eastenders in 2010 where she went blank on the set which was very unusual for her she just couldn't recall her lines once she'd left in 2010 i noticed she was becoming quite withdrawn she was, let's say, misplacing things quite a bit. There was the repetitive conversations coming up. I think the moment that turned it for me was actually I, I found the television control in the fridge. And I knew that this was a sign of yeah. major confusion and something was absolutely not right. Um, and that's when I yeah. took her along to see a neurologist. And of course, over the next 18 months, tests uh, showed that unfortunately it was yeah. Alzheimer's. You've thrown yourself into helping um, with this horrible, vile illness. Yeah, you must get an awful lot of satisfaction the way the public have got behind you, the money you've raised. You must be overwhelmed at it all. Oh, I I cannot thank people enough, Pete. You know the support. It's also such an important part of Barbara's legacy now the dementia world. I'm actually an ambassador for Alzheimer's Research UK. I do a lot of work with them only recently, you know, over the past um, couple of years, we've been lobbying the government about dementia funding, which thank goodness they have committed to. Um, I, I was at Downing Street a week before Boris Johnson left office and he committed to his pledge to double dementia yeah. research. And also they've set up this wonderful initiative that ARUK came up with, which is to have a task force, a dementia mission, uh, like the COVID vaccine task force that we had yeah. just for dementia. And they've gone with it and they're calling it the Dame Barbara Windsor Dementia Mission, which couldn't be a bigger tribute to her and the legacy. So it's very important to me, Pete, that other people don't go through what I witnessed with Barbara in the future, in future generations. And we really have to talk about dementia more. Uh, 
Yeah. It's not it's not a sexy subject, we know, but it affects more and more people every day. One in three people born today will develop dementia. That's a big stat. And you had your own demon, didn't you, that we we read about in the book about drinking? Yeah. Um, which yeah. is another demon like dementia, another terrible demon. Oh, it's another thing that we need to talk about as well. I mean, this January the 2nd, if I hold out, I will be 21 years sober and clean. And I'm immensely proud of that. But yeah, I did have a problem with alcohol. Um, it was a way I used um, to make myself feel confident in those times when I said to you I wasn't that confident about myself and my head was a bit chaotic and wasn't sure of my place in the world. So, of course, drink gave me that that boost, that Dutch courage. And I, and I did take drugs as well. Um, I talk about that very honestly as well, because it can happen to any of us. Oh, yes. Without yeah. any shadow of a doubt. It, any of know, us. It, it really can. And at the time, you, you don't either want to look at it or yeah. you're in a bit of denial about it or you think it's just normal. That's just just how i am that's what i said to myself oh well it's just the way i am i like a drink you know scott how near to you were you uh, drinking again after barbara died i've been asked this quite a few times pete and i can honestly say hand on heart it has not gone through my mind right people say ask me the same question about in when i was in the thick of it caring for her when things were desperately hard right. i knew if I picked up a drink then, all bets were off yeah. because I would not have been capable of caring for that lady. And one of the things that sobriety did give me was was the the presence, the being there, knowing what was important in my life. And, and you know, I would not have risked that for anything. And I certainly would not go back there now. My life is too good and has been since the day I gave up. Scott, it's a treasure trove. The book is a treasure trove of, of stories. It's it's a beautiful present for somebody, and it's also a great, great accolade to the lady. And the photo on the top, was that a difficult the photo, the the first one, the one we look at when we buy the book, was that a difficult one to pick? Yeah, because there's so many. <laughs> there's just so many of her. Eh? And, and you know, what do you pick? You could pick an iconic one. You could pick the the expression on her face when her hand's covering her chest in the carry-on camping scene. There's, there's so many. But it was really important because that one, you know, I just look at that and I see it's a very kind um image of Barbara. So to me, it shows who she was. It really does. And she was this this pretty little ball of prettiness is what I always say about her and, and kindness. And look, I, it is honest. I'm honest. She was honest about herself. I'm not saying Barbara was uh, this innocent Mother Teresa character because she wasn't by her own admission. And she could be feisty when she wanted to be. I mean, she couldn't. She could. Could <laughs> I mean, she? Peggy Mitchell didn't come from nowhere. <laughs> but saying that, you know, deep down, she was the most lovely, caring human being. And um, wow, was I so lucky to have met her and shared my life with her, Pete. Two questions. One, will there be a, a, a sequel? I don't think so, because I've said all there is to say about our story. And it was important that I told our story. It's important for me. And 
it was important to Barbara that I told our story and didn't leave it to someone else who yeah. would do their version of yeah. who we were. Um, so, there, I, no, there won't be a sequel. What do you want people? This book is called By Your Side, My Life Loving Barbara Windsor by Scott Mitchell. What do you want people to do when they put the book down? What do you want them to take from the book? First of all, I want them to reflect on what Barbara gave them. And, and to me, most of the time, that's a very positive thing that people will say she brought to their lives. The other thing is, I want them to be able to identify with the things I speak about in that book, because they're things that affect us all, whether it be relationships, whether it be addiction, whether it be dementia, and whether, you know, whatever it is, I just want people to be able to identify and say, I get that because that's how I am. Those things have happened to me. Those things have happened to us. But mainly this is a tribute and a love letter to Barbara for me. It, it really is. And uh, I just want them to always smile when they think of her.